welcome, welcome to the, to the Hoop Collective, Collective Podcast. Podcast. We talk about the NBA, which we're doing Sunday afternoon here in San Francisco and Sunday early evening there uh, for Mr. McMahon. I'll introduce him in a second. But first, Tim Bontemps and I are in the Chase Center at very uh, expensive, undisclosed locations, right, Bontemps? I mean, I'd say this entire building is a pretty expensive location, but yes, we are. We are both here in different areas, hanging out. We are. We are both here in areas that neither one of us will be at uh, during Game 5. We, have, uh, we would be uh, summarily dismissed from these areas if we would try to get in during Game 5. Banned, if you will. It ain't the locker room. Not banned uh, from here yet, but uh, he was on thin ice in the Western Conference Finals. Joining us from Dallas, Texas is Band McMahon. Howdy, partners. I'm curious to see what happens when Bontemps raids the uh, bar behind him post-pod. Wendy, I know you restrain from or <laughs> refrain from such activities. They do have some vittles here uh, in here for tomorrow night. I'm speaking Texan. They... Uh, that I could dip into and potentially face charges. Uh, I, uh, I've, I've become very fond of uh, Ime Yudoka's press conferences uh, during this last six weeks. And uh, today um, we had another excellent one um, where, you know, this series has so much now become about Steph Curry. And he didn't actually shrug his shoulders, but he metaphorically shrugged his shoulders when he, asked, when he was asked about how Steph Curry has been. He was like, yeah, you know, they're averaging about the same amount of points each game. It's really more about our offense than anything else. And he was asked about, you know, the Celtics, this decision to remain in that drop coverage where when Steph comes off those screens, their big men sometimes, their big men come up a little bit, but generally they're giving him space. And he's like, yeah, we're pretty happy. Well, he didn't, those aren't his exact words, but I'm, I'm summarizing. He was like, yeah, it's, it's pretty good because uh, the Warriors don't even care about the role man who sets the screens. They don't even worry about him. So it lets our big guys, um, you know, be out there to defend Steph more. And so, like, I would just determine the Celtics situation as relative to Steph Curry as unbothered. Um, they're looking at it and saying, hey, this is the Celtics. Uh, the uh, Warriors average 115 points a game against the Mavericks. They're pretty good defense. They're only averaging 105 against us. They shot 51% against Dallas, 52%. They're only shooting like 44% against us. We're doing just fine. And so this is uh, a thing. Like uh, Steph Curry, I, I know this that this sounds crazy. I think he can shoot even more. I'm not sure he's going to be able to um, score more effectively because he's shooting 50%, overall 49% from three. Bontemps, I think he can sh- take even more shots if it's there. I think the Celtics are willing to give it to him. I think the Celtics are gambling that Steph is not going to keep up their shooting percentage. And even if he does, they think it's winnable. And I think that there's even more room for Steph Curry if he's got something he can do to to even give more. I mean, this has been your uh, take for a few days now that Steph has... The first Steph was not playing great. I've won that argument as the series uh, how's has it going? gone along. How's that looking now? Do you think he's playing... Do you think his person... You think his... Uh, is this... His output is increasing at all? Do you think... 
he disagreed with that viewpoint. Let Bontemps finish his bad points. I think I think Steph's been playing pretty great the whole series, given he's twenty-four or fifty from three. Uh, it's pretty it's pretty good. As for shooting more, I mean, look, he's already averaging twelve and a half threes a game. I think it's a little hard to expect him to shoot more than that. And I think I think you're right, but I think the point is at the other end of it. It's what we've talked about, really, going back all the way through the playoffs. If the Celtics don't turn the ball over and don't give offensive rebounds up and extra possessions to Golden State, the Celtics are the better team and they will win these games, sort of irregardless of what Steph is doing. I think that's more the point. Steph had an incredible game in Game 4. He had 43 points. The defense was totally panicked every second he had the ball in the court. Didn't matter where he caught it. I don't think they were panicked. I think they were okay. Okay. They were like, okay, this is what we're willing to give. I mean, I would not say that we're willing to give up these shots to Steph. I think they would say he's making incredible shots. I what I, I, think, I think they were they obviously everybody thinks that they can do better. But I think they were like, all right, this is these are shots that we want I, to make him take. I know. But you're right. You're missing the point, though. What he what he what he's talking about is they don't if they don't turn the ball over and give up free possessions to Golden State and transition points and they don't give up offensive rebounds and extra possessions to Golden State. It doesn't matter what Steph does because they think they are going to have enough to win the game regardless that it's on them to play better on offense. So I don't think like that's what I would say. Like, yeah, Steph could maybe shoot more, but like. I don't Steph think is, I would. I would determine it doesn't matter what Steph does. I think what he's saying is what Steph is doing is survivable, is what he's basically saying. Here's the thing, Wendy. I was with you through game three that Steph had not played great by his standards, by his standards, doing a lot of work there. Consistently through the first three games of the series, game four was arguably, I'm going to say, probably the best playoff performance of his career. Considering the performance, considering the stakes, I just think it's crazy for you to like, the Celtics aren't happily giving Steph open looks. He's having to work for every single look that he gets. So my point is, if you're like, he needs to shoot more, dude, do you think how hard it is for Steph Curry when you basically, he's the only guy out there that they fear offensively to get up 26 shots in a game? Right. I think the second I that's think the second most of his playoff career. I think you're missing the nuance. I'm not saying that he I'm saying there's there's more room for him there. I I just don't think that I think you're I think you're literally looking at what Ime said from the opposite end. I think that's I, I think that like what he was saying was if we do what we need to do on offense and we don't turn the ball over and we finish possessions defensively and get rebounds that we are in control of winning the game and it doesn't Steph is going to do his thing that was what he was saying that's not that's a different thing than there the Celtics are okay with what Steph is doing I would I would disagree I mean he's causing their defense to scramble all over the place they're in a in a fire alarm every time he's got the ball of course but but if they don't turn the ball over, it won't matter. That's what he was saying. Not that there's... I don't think to expect Steph, who's having to create every shot for himself, who's hitting half his threes when all of them are basically pull-up attempts, he's getting no catch-and-shoot looks, he's getting no clean looks. Like, they're all difficult shots. He's just the greatest shooter of all time by an ex, you know, an exponential degree. Yeah, all true. So that, to me, that what he's talking about is what we have said time and time again. Don't turn the ball over. Don't give them extra shots. We win the game. That's 
That's what That's he's what saying. That's what he's saying. That's what he is saying. What I am saying is that there's even more room for Steph. Dude. If he's able to. Dude, we just saw so, the all right. Steph well, hold performance. On, hold on, hold on, real quick. You have a delicious meal, and you're like, just, oh, the, we'll rules, just, were, wait a the second. rules weren't that great. Here, wait a McMahon, second. McMahon, you're missing the point. I'm not no, 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 saying stop. he's going to play better. What? What is What is the... What is the mo? Hold on a second. Just let's drill down on this. Like he had probably the greatest game of his career in Game Four. What? What would you? What would you like him to That's be? That's not true. Oof. The greatest playoffs performance of his career, I would argue, is he had the greatest I, playoff performance of his career. I mean, I would consider this the most meaningful performance of his career. Yeah. Okay. We just watched. And you're like, we need more. We need more. So hold on, hold on. You're missing the nuance. I'm not nuance saying sucks. that he's going to shoot better. Brian, Brian, what we're asking is what we're asking you. I mean, you keep saying we're missing the nuance. So what? What can he be doing more that he didn't do in Game Four? I'll make it real simple. He took 26 shots. I think he can take 30. But he, dude, I think he can take 32. He's... He's only taken 30-plus shots in a playoff game three times in his career. You don't think... He's never He's he's never been in this situation before. Uh, dude, yeah, he's working his ass off to get up to 26. It's hard to win the title. It's hard to win the finals. I think this is just a completely ridiculous backwards look at this. Let's take a step back. I thought there was a chance... That after Steph beat them that way in game four, and as they looked at four games worth of data and said, damn, Steph's shooting 50% on threes, he's killing us. Support for this podcast and the following <laughs> message comes from Supercuts. Let's face it, life is busy between work and family and more work. Our to-do lists have a way of getting longer instead of shorter. Luckily, Supercuts is here to make at least the haircut part of your life easy. Supercuts is perfect for people who need a haircut but don't have a ton of time for a haircut. No more scouring the web for salons with availability. You can use Supercuts, the app, to find the location nearest to you and check in or just walk in. Another bonus, the salon shows estimated wait times so you know exactly what you're in for. That way, you're only in salon when you need to be. Don't expect to stay a while. As for the cut itself, it's always super solid. Thanks to Supercut's highly trained stylists, get in and get out and get to that thing that you needed a haircut for. Whether you're getting, whether whether you've got a big presentation coming up or a wedding, or you just need some upkeep, Supercut's makes getting a haircut effortless. It's not just any haircut; it's Supercut's. Check in now on the Supercut's app or at Supercut's.com. You know, Clay's not really doing much. Jordan Poole's kind of up and down. They're playing Draymond less minutes. Maybe we should think about breaking the seal and going to the double team. That's one of the things I thought we might see happen in game five is that the give, the the turn is that they're not going to let Steph continue to put the gas down on the pedal. And Steph is. Even Steph today, I mean, again, I'm paraphrasing and surmising. This is not exactly what he said. He was basically, look, they've got their defensive strategy. They think it's going to work. Good luck to them is basically what he said. And so what I'm saying is that I went in today and listened to what the Celtics said, and in fact, they're not going to do that. It doesn't sound like that, at least. Maybe it's a smokescreen. They're not going to send the traps. They're okay with the way things are going defensively. And so I'm just saying if they're still not going to send the traps, 
then there's going to be that room there. And I think Steph can be even more. Well, that, but that's the thing though. No, but no, 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 no. What you're saying is he can't score more than 43 points. He, you know, and I'm not saying he will. I'm saying there's even more he can do. No, but that's if what I would argue. This finals, they're probably going to need, they're probably going to need even more from his offense. What I would argue is he's not getting open shots now. He had maybe two open shots all of game four. He's just making insane shot after insane shot after insane shot. Which is why the Celtics aren't going to change, which is why there's more there. That's right. The Celtics, well, well, okay. I, again, I think I, you just looked at this completely backwards. It's funny that you say that because when Steve Kerr today was asked about how he looks at his half-court offense, he's like, we're getting good shots. Well, their half-court offense has been like, their half-court offense has been garbage the entire series. They're winning. The two games they won, you you created this condition gold, condition green thing, right? That's true. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Oh, oh man! Sorry. <laughs> Just give me a second. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> what is condition? What is condition green? When Jason Tatum has seven or more assists, when the Celtics have fifteen or fewer turnovers, when they've done that, they're two and zero. When they haven't done that, they're zero and two. That is what Ime Doka is talking about. But it's both, Tim. It's both. We're talking about two different ends of the court. I just don't think it is both. I think that it's. If the Celtics take care of the ball and they move the ball and they don't let the Warriors get 100 offensive rebounds, they will win two of the next three games. What if they you're don't, describing they is what the NBA Finals are going to come down to. What the NBA Finals are going to come down to is the Celtics saying, Steph, we're going to play this style of defense and we don't think you're going to be able to beat us over seven. And Steph is saying, especially starting in game four, Steph is saying, challenge accepted. That's on one end of the court. And then on the other end of the court, the Celtics are saying, Whatever Steph is doing back there at the other end, God bless him. If we just take care of our business down here at this end of the court, we're going to be okay. And then there's all kinds of shades of gray within that because who the Warriors are putting out there specifically at the center position is a big key for sure. But I mean, look, you guys were giving me weird looks after game three. Keep giving those weird looks, dudes. I was on your side after game three i'm just saying steph delivered he delivered the ridiculously high standard of performance that we were asking for he delivered and i'm saying if steph goes for 40 plus efficiently you know when he does that the warriors will win we can talk about anything with the also he might have he might have to go for 40 plus inefficiently okay the other thing Again, I'm not saying, for the fifth time, I'm not saying I think he's going to shoot a higher percentage or that he needs to score 55. I'm saying he needs to. He's leaned into it already. He might have to lean into it more. He's got to create a ridiculous amount of offense, no question. I'm just looking at the lay of the land here. I'm listening to what people are saying, and I'm looking at the lay of the land, and I'm going, dudes, this might get even crazier. And maybe that's how I should have started this podcast off. If I was like, guys, this has been amazing and this might get even more amazing because you guys have taken a stance that I can't possibly be right. We've but- taken a stance that you're a ridiculous basketball snob. That's the stance we've taken. That's not, yeah. I mean, you've been saying insane things about Steph this entire series. This is just another... How are they looking? How are they looking? I, I don't... I don't understand what your point is. It doesn't make sense. I'm trying to understand it. Can I, can I say something? 
We can talk about condition gold, condition green with the assist to turnover of the Celtics. We can talk about Steph. I think the game four also reinforced something else that we expected coming into this series. If games are close, these Celtics will crumble. And that was an all-time clutch crumbling. And then, dude, Steve Kerr made a really gutsy decision um, not to pump Draymond Green's podcast. But I thought the way that Draymond reacted to that was pretty fascinating. You know, down to where he's talking about a guy like Juan Toscano Anderson is in his ear on the bench basically being like, dude, this ain't, you know, this ain't the time to be worried about individual stuff. And what Steve Kerr basically declared is Draymond's minutes, and you know, clutch minutes, that's a game-to-game decision at this point. He did go back to him with three minutes and whatever left. Draymond did deliver some big-time plays, the kind of plays you expect Draymond to deliver in those situations. I think if there's any doubt that Kerr will still ride him with the, the last in kind, and, you know, in the last few minutes just because, hey, Draymond has proven himself as one of the great winners of this generation. But, man, what a fascinating uh, little spin that thing took when Kevon Looney has been absolutely awesome in this series, in these playoffs. And uh, Stats and Info had a really fascinating stat. The Warriors are rebounding. They're getting 55 of the rebounds with Looney on the floor, 45 with them all for floor. As much as we've talked about how this series comes down to possession game, turnovers, rebounds, wow. Looney tilts that thing about 10 possessions per up per game. He's been massive. Massive. He's played about maybe I got it I got it right here. I got it right here. How many how many more games? How many more minutes did he play in game four? In game three he played seventeen minutes and when he wasn't in the starting lineup, I thought this was an insane decision because I didn't think he was gonna I didn't and I still didn't think it was good the way it worked out, but I thought he was only going to play 15, 16, 17 minutes again. He played 28 minutes in Game 4, like you said, McMahon. He's been flat out, uh, plus 21. He's been flat out better than Draymond Green in the series. I thought it was huge that Steve Kerr went with him for that stretch. Draymond came back in and was clearly motivated and played very well those last couple minutes. He had a huge couple of possessions with about a minute and a half to go, uh, setting up what I think it was Steph or Clay uh, hit the three that put them up six to win the game, uh, put the game away. But I thought that that was a huge call by Kerr to do that. Looney has to play 25 or more minutes, I think, every game going forward, because like you said, this, this series is going to come down to the possession battle. And if Boston can win the possession battle, Boston is going to win the series. And if Golden State wins, I think Golden State's going to win the series. That is the whole thing. Turnovers for the Celtics, offensive rebounds for the Warriors. When Looney's on the court, as you know from the Dallas series, he was unstoppable in that series. He had four offensive rebounds again last night. He had 11 total. Like, he is just an absolute monster on the glass. And that's been that's going to be a critical thing over these final three games. And he could finish around the basketball, which Draymond has failed to do. Well, Draymond can't do anything anymore offensively. Bontemps, I think Draymond's minutes went from 38 to 32. 38 to 33. 33. Okay, so those five minutes, those five minutes were the five minutes in the fourth quarter, basically. So that's big, and I'm not sure that they can ask more from Looney in terms of minutes. Right. If he plays 28 every game, I think that's really good because he's busting his ass. He's going after the boards, like, but he can't be playing 16. Like, that's just not not going to be enough. It can't be. Right. Right. So I think Looney. I, I don't know. You know. I'm not sure Looney can give them more in reference to our previous conversation. I think Looney is hitting at the max that he can. 
at the max that he can do. So I think the reason Steve Kerr switched the starting lineup is because he wanted to have more flexibility for Looney minutes late, and that ended up working. And the bottom line is he can't play Looney and Draymond together late in the game because the floor spacing is bad. Um, uh, So, I mean, you know, I I just think in general it's a very interesting series. I mean, uh, not only that it's 2-2, to but that both teams kind of have the way that they're trying to play and they're trying to ram it through, trying to hope it works. Um, But one guy we haven't talked about that I think is a huge factor here, we talked a lot about Steph, is Jason Tatum. So I think we can all agree Jason Tatum has more to give. I think we can all agree on that. I don't think there's any argument there. And that gets to the guy I wanted to talk about, who's Andrew Wiggins. Who has been the primary defender on Tatum? I'm not saying he's the sole reason that Tatum's uh, been so inefficient, but I definitely think you have to give him his fair share of credit. And Wiggins, Wiggins has Also, been... 16 offensive, 16, not offensive rebounds, 16 rebounds in game four. Massive. You talk about a guy who has kind of redefined who he is uh, since he's been traded from Minnesota. You know, Minnesota number one overall pick, Maple Jordan. He was so hyped for years coming in the league. Obviously a huge disappointment. And let's be honest, he was basically considered a talented loser when the Warriors got him. Yeah, he was always having 20-point games and losses. Yeah, and he was considered an empty stats, an empty calories kind of guy. And he has. I did think it was a joke. He was an all-star starter. We've had our fun with that. But, man, I give this dude credit. He has basically become a really, I mean, he's become a great complimentary player. Playing with the, and the culture's obviously helped him, but he's taken the challenge defensively, which is something that definitely wasn't happening in Minnesota, and becoming a really good, like, he's a top, I don't know what, top 10 defensive wing in the league? He's a very solid, he's a very solid two-way wing player. There are not very many of those in the NBA. That is a massively valuable thing. And to have a guy who can guard Tatum and Brown, the only guy really on the roster who's capable of guarding both those guys, who can play the four and get inside and get on the boards, he was massive in that department in game four. He hit a couple huge shots um, later in the fourth quarter of that game. Like he, like it sounds, it sounds uh, demeaning to say he's a solid two-way wing. Every team in the league is looking for solid two-way wings. That is the most critical thing to find. He's becoming a very good two-way wing. And he's worth the money that yeah, he's being paid. He's a really good season. player. For sure. Listen, if you are a guy who's playing the type of minutes that important of a role for a championship team, you're worth that money. Look, he's worth the money they're paying him this season. Look, he played 43 minutes in an NBA Finals game and it was plus 20. Where would the Warriors be if they'd had D'Angelo Russell making the same money instead? They wouldn't be <laughs> home, here. Home? Yes, they'd be home. Cancun. <laughs> well, I think that's where they'd, that's where. Uh, so in this series, he's shooting 43% overall and 30, well, I'll kick it up to 32% from three. He hasn't been super efficient offensively, but he's been very effective, a very effective player, kind of like, you know, Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole is shooting 43% overall in the series, 36%. It's okay. He, he's gotten a little bit better as the series has gone on. And Look, if in Game 5 Jordan Poole gets a little bit loose because, you know, we know he can, you know, you know he's ignitable and he hits, you know, six five threes like he did in Game 2 and Wiggins um, is able, 
you know, instead of shooting, you know, in the low 40s, he has a game where he's much more efficient. He shoots 50% in addition to his defense and removes the pressure from Steph having to do so much for them offensively. I mean, that is the formula for what the Warriors could have to do to win two here's of another, the Here's another SIG stats and info group stat for Andrew Wiggins. Jason, Cutting the price on your wireless bill feels good, really good. Actually, it feels great. You should try it. Cut your bill by switching to Straight Talk Wireless now, offering our $45 Silver Unlimited plan. That's unlimited high-speed data and 5 gigabytes of hotspot for just $45 a month. Get nationwide 5G on America's largest, most dependable networks. So why pay a whole lot for your data when you can get unlimited for a whole lot less? The $45 Silver Unlimited plan from Straight Talk. Straight Talk Wireless. No contract, no compromise. Tatum's 12 of 36 with three turnovers when he's the primary defender on him which obviously is the majority of the time. So his offense is like almost, I don't want to say it's a bonus because they need him to be probably their number two scorer. But when he's doing that kind of work defensively, you know. Well, in a series like this too, it's less to me about efficient offense and it's just more about generating offense. Again, the Celtics defense, for them to just... That's what I was saying about Curry, but I got yelled at for saying that. (laughs) (laughs) Your point didn't make a lot of sense to me and to McMahon, so at least you're outvoted on the pot. Maybe the listeners will disagree, but... Wendy, Wendy will tell you he outranks us just in terms of our combined IQ versus... His big brain. That is, that's definitely what he would say. Here's what Ime Yudoka said about Jason Tatum's play today, and I'm going to read the transcript so I have the exact words correctly because I think he had an interesting take. And like I told you, I think he tells the truth for the most part. Not always, but... He does the vast majority of the time. For sure, more than just about any other coach in the league. With Jason sometimes... You equate missing shots to playing poorly. What we've seen is he's had some really good looks, especially in game one. And we knew if he got those same looks throughout the series, he would be successful. Which, uh, by the way, is kind of what they said about the first half of the season, wasn't it, Bontemps? I mean, he was just about the unluckiest player in the NBA from a shooting luck perspective in the first half of the season. So that is certainly what they were saying. Right. Back to the quote. They are trying to take him out and guard him with two at a time and don't want to give him specific matchups. What he's referring to there is that uh, they like to switch, but they have been resistant to switch when Wiggins has been on them. Now, sometimes it does happen, but Wiggins has been given the instruction to do everything you can to possibly stay in front of him. Um, Back to the quote. At times, he has to be a playmaker. This goes with what we've been talking about in the two wins. He's had uh, 13 and nine assists, and he's down to five in the losses. I think he's got a little bit more than five. That's maybe about right. Um, so what basically what Ime is, is saying is just because he's shooting 34% doesn't mean he's playing poorly. And I guess that's a fair statement. But what we're, what we're basically saying is what I said about Steph after game three. Jason, if you want to win the NBA finals, you have to play better. And I... I do not think he's playing like a dog, although his second half performance in game four, I mean, the expectation is really high at this point, as it should be. He's a first team all NBA player. If you want to win the NBA finals, you have to, you just, you have to be more. You have to be better. You have to give more. It's not a referendum on you as a person. It's not a referendum on your career, but this is really hard. They're playing against a really experienced team. It's the highest level that you can get to in the world of this sport. 
which he has devoted his life, and he's got to, he, he's just got to execute better. That's the bottom line. And I mean, he knows that. Yeah, and look, last pod we were talking about him in comparison to Dwayne Wade as far as being the best player on a potential championship team at that young of an age. The standard is high. I mean, you go back to D. Wade and that 06 series against the Mavericks, and people in Dallas are still crying about officiating and whatever. It was still absolutely dominant, and we just have not seen just, uh, you know, full-blown, absolutely dominant Jason Tatum performance. The type that people will be talking about for decades from now, two decades from now, we haven't seen that yet in this series. Well, look, on two-point shots in this series, Tatum is shooting around 25% from the field. I mean, that's just not, it's just not going to get it done. And as Ime said after game four, he is driving in the lane a lot of times trying to get fouled instead of trying to finish. And so he is then either throwing up shots that miss and is causing runouts the other way because he lays down on the ground for a minute and then he gets up where he gets in trouble. He jumps off his feet. He flings the ball in the air like he had several terrible passing turnovers in that game, too. Yeah, here's what he said. So he was asked about a question about maybe this is something doesn't just happen to Tatum. It happens to a lot of young, high volume, you know, guys who have the ball, a lot of high usage players where they just hunt fouls. And it drives the players crazy. It drives the fans crazy when there's not, doesn't appear to be consistent calls. And that's the nature of basketball. You go in and, you know, the officials differentiate between games sometimes, even between quarters. But here's what he said. Um, Apparently, Ime Yudoka said to him that he's playing off of one foot too much, which um, he's equating basically you're, you're playing off balance. You're trying to force foul. So here's what, here's what he said. Coach said playing off of one foot, looking for fouls, has not been working in my favor as much. So I think playing off of two feet and attacking angles instead of trying to initiate the contact and things like that. There's a game tomorrow, and I'm looking forward to it. It's 2-2. So not necessarily thinking about what this means for my career, but what I'm trying to accomplish right now. So I think, again, when when, when we come to these practice days and we listen to what these guys talk about some of them are very savvy and they're putting up a front and they're trying to create diversions and some of them don't like talking to the media so they don't say much but some people describe what's going through their head and Ime earlier was describing while you know he's going through his head and he was saying like you know they're scoring the same when Steph had 43 they put up 107 when Steph had 29 or whatever they put up 105 like his point is, whatever, we're handling it. Here's Jason Tatum revealing what uh, he's thinking about, which is I'm getting out of balance, literally out of balance, and I need to stay more on balance. And so he is telling you what is in his personal scouting report. Now, is that going to work? Are the officials going to give it to him or whatever? No. But here you are hearing what he's thinking about, and obviously, he knows that his efficiency has got to be up. And the thing about the assist thing, you know, I, I do think he's done a much better job as a quote-unquote playmaker over this last season. It definitely, his, his ability to create for others, you know, the, the difference between him being on my first team All-NBA as he was this year and not was, I think, because even on nights when he didn't have his outside shot going, he could still set up others. And I think he's done a decent job of that. But he just, overall, he needs to be more efficient because he's on pace for having one of the most 
because he's on pace for having the most turnovers in a playoff run in the history of the NBA. As Bontemps said, um, turnovers is everything. And so, like, as we're watching Steph go up against that pick and roll and how he attacks on that one end and the other end with Jason Tatum, we should probably be paying as much attention to when Jason Tatum gets going downhill. Does he, does he get off a good shot or does he try to hunt for a foul or does he, does he dribble through traffic or is he trying to throw a pass? You know, if it doesn't make sense because Jason Tatum, it's not just those missed shots. It's when he's handling the ball. It's when he's handing the ball to the other team and that as much as whether Steph Curry can stay this efficient is probably what this series could come down to, McMahon. Yeah, I do think the difference is Steph is the lone guy on the Warriors right now who who can carry an offense in the finals game. I mean, Jordan Poole, he certainly flashes brilliance. He ain't carrying an offense in a finals game. Wiggins isn't. Whereas with Tatum, I mean, Brown has proven he is capable of that. But the Celtics, I mean, they've got to feel pretty good about the fact this thing is tied up two to two. I think they're really disappointed it's not three one. I think they're True, they're... true. I'm saying despite the fact that Tatum has not really had the kind of performance and it's not like he's not capable. I mean this dude went for forty six on the road in a winner go home game six in Milwaukee. We've seen that he's capable of doing it against, you know, in the most important moments against the best competition. He's just not done that in this series. Yeah, look. I mean, Jason Tatum, like we, again, to give Brian a little bit of stick, we can debate about how much more there is from Steph, but there's unquestionably more from Jason Tatum. And like a lot of people assumed, you know, I had to give a prediction. I picked he'd be finals MVP. He ain't finals MVP or even in the conversation through four games. And he just has to be a lot better. And he's a guy that does bring it on defense every night. He does help in ways like that. But when you look at the turnovers for this team, a lot of the time, it's when Jason gets out of control, when he starts hunting for fouls, he gets up in the air, he starts throwing the ball, that's when Boston gets into trouble. And I thought it was an interesting point that he made about playing off two feet, because if you're going in off two feet, you're a lot stronger in your base. You're going to go through contact, you're going to try to score instead of getting up there and kind of flailing, and that's when he gets into trouble. So I think I'm going to be really honed in on that tomorrow because it's reductive. But if they just don't turn the ball over, the stats speak for themselves. They're 14-2 and two and 0-7 and when it's 16 or more. Like, that's, that's it. Like, that's the whole thing. They can't lose the possession battle. They win the possession battle. They win the game. Keep Looney off the glass. Take care of the ball. They have to feel great about their chances. And like Wendy mentioned... A lot of times when he's in there and he's out of control and he's flinging it up and that can be functionally be a turnover, if he's flailing, he's landing in the, you know, in the third row and it's five on four the other way, that's essentially a turnover. Now, if Looney is not in the game, it might be a putback instead of a turnover, but I think we'll see Tatum at his best at some point in this series. There was a moment, I think it was in the fourth quarter, might have been in the late third. It was in the fourth quarter when Draymond got a putback, not... Not a putback. Draymond got an offensive rebound at the rim, and he was actually kind of open. And he turned, and instead of of uh, and and he turned and instead fired it out to I believe Wiggins for a three. Wiggins got a wide open look of it, and he missed the three. And I was like, "Good decision," <laughs> because I don't think Draymond would have made it. You know, I mean, it wasn't a wide open layup, but it would have been in some traffic. Well, there was another one in the game. When he did try to go up 
for back after Steph drove and missed. And it, uh, there's a long, lot of long arms in there for Draymond. Well, the other thing we haven't talked about at all, speaking of Draymond and just shooting inside, is... Ah, that sound has to make you smile. It's the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business, so, so upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey and of endless possibility. Shopify has the tools and resources to make it easy for any business to succeed from down the street to around the globe. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps, including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Synchronize your online and in-person sales, gain insights as you grow with your detailed reporting, conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. So, go to shopify.com slash hoop, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash hoop right now. Shopify.com slash hoop. We also have to see again what Robert Williams looks like. That's what I was going to bring up for our last topic here. So, Yudoka basically refused to acknowledge that he was even hurt after Game 4, did acknowledge that he asked out of the game today. And again, Yudoka was in truth-telling mode today for the most part. He said that he doesn't think that Robert Williams re-aggravated the injury, but he acknowledges that he's that his knee was bothering him at the end of the game, that he pulled him uh, after he couldn't get over to defend Steph, to, to defend a Steph drive late. He just, you know... All that explosion he had earlier in the game, he was able to get side to side so well. Uh, he didn't have it. So they are not, you know, he will be listed as questionable. Expect him to play and um, they'll warm them up before the game and see. Bontens, as you've been talking about, really, but you've been talking about Robert Williams since January. This is uh, this this will be another factor, like one of the big things we'll watch in, in the first moments of Game 5 is how Robert Williams is moving. Look, he was plus 6 in 31 minutes in Game five, in game 4, team high, and was the best player on the court for most of the game for Boston, despite the fact that he had a line of 7 points. You know, I mean, 7-12 and 4 assists. But he was just an absolute monster inside again. And the Warriors, whenever he was in there, they were like, we ain't dealing with this. We're getting, we're kicking it out to a three. Like, there was no even attempt to score on him. And yeah, like, if he's not moving well tomorrow when the game starts, Boston's in a lot of trouble. Because as we've talked about a ton, he's the only guy that gives Steph any kind of second thought to shooting the ball when he's into pick and roll coverage. And the Warriors are going to feel a lot more confident going to the rim if it's against Grant Williams and Al Horford. And if Robert can't go or is limited in some form, they play Daniel Tice, like, then it's going to be, all right, we can get to the rim and we could score. If Robert's out there, it's like, we're not even going to try. And so, you know, let's see. Again, games one, three, and four, Robert's come out flying around right from the beginning. Looks great. Game two, he was hobbled. Things didn't go well. That's a real bellwether for this team. Yeah, and I don't think anybody doubts that he will play. It's how effective he is, right? 
And it's a good thing Marcus Smart got to put on that DPOY robe this year because he will never be the best candidate on his own team again as long as Robert Williams III is on the roster. No one disrespects, no disrespect to Marcus Smart, who obviously is one of the best guard defenders of his generation. And has given Steph, and has given Steph a ton of trouble. It just doesn't matter because Steph is incandescent. Like he's, these shots that Steph's making are just absolutely insane. Yeah, and what we've seen in these playoffs for Robert Williams III is clearly the most dominant defensive player in the court. And I mean, you could argue in the Eastern Conference. And that's with him at like 70% the whole time, too. Like, when they were destroying teams by 20 points every game for the two-month stretch before he got hurt, like, he was just an unstoppable menace. And you see that in flashes now, and, like, even in the finals, but he's clearly not close to 100%. He might be 70% when he's feeling good, even. So, like, yeah, I mean, he's just, he's a special talent at that Um, end of the court. Sub-Bellweather, is there such a thing as sub-Bellweather? What would be one step down from Bellweather? secondary maybe um bellwether jr uh in game one and game three the celtics wins uh al horford was 14 of 19 on three pointers now that's extreme you can't expect him to continue to shoot that way in the two losses he's three of ten and i'm looking more at the attempts than anything else he's averaging twice as many threes attempted wasn't he zero for one in game two he was one for four. He was one for four, and then he was two for six in game four. I'm sorry, I was giving his overall shots, not threes, his overall shots. You're right. He was he was he didn't even take one in game two. You're correct. I apologize. It's it's not that I think Horford needs to hunt shots or anything, but it's indicative of the Celtics offensive operation when the ball is moving and, and not being turned over. Well, Horford's also obviously an older player, right? There's only one day between games three and four. Get the full weekend out of rest. Same with Robert Williams. Full weekend to rest. It's crazy. We were wondering about how Steph was feeling, right? Full weekend to rest for him. I mean, obviously he looked just fine physically in game four, but yeah, I mean. So right now, as I'm uh, talking to you here, I'm wearing in my ears these two. <laughs> 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 So right now, as I'm uh, talking to you here, I'm wearing in my ears these new Raycon wireless earbuds. They've become my go-to for anything that I need to listen to. (laughs) They fit really well in your ears. Um, It works when you talk on a microphone, even though it doesn't look like it should. Somehow it hears you. I think my favorite part about them is that their battery life is amazing. What Raycon says is that their everyday earbuds look feel and sound better than ever that they have optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit (laughs) they have the optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit and the earbuds are so comfortable that they will never that they will not budge they offer three sound profiles that you can match when you listen to plus noise isolation and awareness mode so you can choose to be immersed in sound or be able to hear your surroundings when you need to and like I said, they give you up to eight hours of playtime <laughs> and 32 hours of battery life. I go, like day, <laughs> I go like days and days and days on end without needing to recharge them. And now a bunch of airlines allow you to use your headphones. I go four or five hour flights and don't worry about battery wearing down. And that is a real asset. 
Airlines allow you to use headphones now? What? What is this? And when you do need to charge, it's super easy. You can do it wirelessly. So that's a huge selling point. With Raycons, you get the same quality audio as the other premium audio brands, and it's also half the price. Raycon says that they have all kinds of stories of them getting lost in the rain and snowstorms and still working afterwards. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 49,000 five-star reviews. So check out Raycon's wireless earbuds. My guess is that you're going to want to leave them a five-star review too. Go to Ray. Go to buyraycon.com slash hoop today. Get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash hoop to score 15% off buyraycon.com slash hoop. You know, it's like you said at the beginning, Brian. I mean, it's it's a fascinating series because Golden State isn't really capable of doing anything different, right? They have to, Steph's got to be the engine for everything for them. On He's got to lean into what they've been doing. He's the best and, and hope, you know, and, and you always have the clay or Jordan pool one-off moment, but right. And the Celtics throughout the playoffs, like I am not surprised they're not doing anything different because they, throughout this entire run, they do what they do. And like, that's how they're going to play. They haven't really conformed to anybody this whole run. They've kept playing the same way all the way through. I didn't think that was going to change in the series. And I think for them, they look at these games as, if we do what we're supposed to do, we are going to win. It's in our control to win these games. And that is a really interesting push and pull on both sides, where both sides think, if we do what we can, we can win. And, you know, it's made for a pretty compelling series so far, and hopefully we get a couple more. But the one thing we didn't emphasize enough, I don't think, was McMahon's point earlier about clutch play. I was waiting for one of these games to be close. The Celtics, going back to the start of the season, have been god-awful in late close situations. Why do you think that is, Bontemps? We've talked about it a little bit, but you know this team better than anybody. I just think it's the same reason that they can't win games after they win games in these playoffs, right? They just don't. The last thing this team is lacking is the right requisite level of focus at all times. Like, you look at the end of Game 4, right? Klay Thompson, as uh, at this point, is not the same player he was before. Draymond Green, not the same player he was before. But Jalen Green catches, or Jalen Brown catches the ball in the wing right on, right on the out-of-bounds line. Klay knocks it off him out-of-bounds, gets a turnover for the Warriors going the other way, right? Draymond gets benched. He's been god-awful the whole series. He comes in, he gets a key offensive rebound, he steps. He sets up Steph for a three. Like, they know how to play in those moments. The Celtics just don't. They just don't lock in the way they need to all the time. It's like they have to have their back against the wall. It's like, okay, now we're going to lock in, we're not going to turn the ball over, we're going to do all this stuff. And at every turn in these playoffs, uh, in the few moments, these the game... Uh, sorry... Oh, okay, wait, sorry, let me start. Uh, and at every turn in these playoffs, when the few moments the games have been close all season, they've lost just about every time. So if it's a five-point game with five minutes to go in either direction, massive adva- advantage to me to Golden State because they have never proven they could play this way even when they were good. Even the quote-unquote close win that they had in Game 7 on the road to Miami. It was a close win, right. Yeah, it was a close was win close, right? because it was almost the worst choke of all time. It's just... It's like you can't create your own save situation if you're a reliever. You can't come in up five and it gets down to one. Oh, oh, wait a minute. They, they, 
They definitely created their own clutch situation. And even when they went 28-7 and to close the season, one or two times they played close games. They played a really great game against Dallas in Boston. Luka and Spencer Dinwiddie closed the game out. Like, they threw that whole run. They were just obliterating people. And in the playoffs, when they've won, they've obliterated people. And when it's close, it's not good. In one-game settings, anything could happen. Like I said, Jordan Poole could score 23, and Steph would only need 20, and they could win. Game five, but... But if you're looking at it, you're going Steph Curry on one side and the Celtics on the other side. You're going to be feeling like you're going to be riding Steph Curry in that spot. Right, so acknowledging that you could have one-off situations, okay... That's what happens in basketball games. The Celtics really need to play. So they have a, a lead going into the fourth quarter, and, and that's a problematic thing. Well, it would be nice. It would also be nice if they could be nice if they could be nice if they could win a single third quarter, like one time. I keep going on daily wager. I keep saying, bet the third quarter, people, every game. But uh, bet the Warriors in the third quarter. <laughs> Don't even win. Just play it relatively even. Even the last two games, they were better, and they still lost by like seven or eight points in the third quarter, and they immediately gave up a huge run. I mean, this team, it is incredible that we're talking about the Celtics being 2-2 in the NBA Finals when they haven't been able to win home games in the playoffs, they can't win clutch games in the playoffs, they keep getting drilled in the third quarter all season and in the playoffs. It's like, these are all things you look at and you go, uh, these are going to be bad things, but for these guys, it just doesn't matter. They just keep rolling along. Well, we're intrigued. We're intrigued. So that's what you want in the finals. Um, we'll be talking to you after game five from the floor, and these gentlemen will be joining me before game six. We know there's going to be six. We'll be back in Boston then. Thanks for listening to the Hoop Collective, and we will talk to you soon. Adios, amigos. Thank you.